Fanboy Nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. This morning, I get the chance to speak with a Chicago native who's now become an L.A. adopted son. Has worked with Clint Eastwood and has kind of become the uh, the action hero, action drama genre king. Robert Lorenz, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? No complaints, man. No complaints. The Marksman is a fantastic film. It rides uh, parallel to the last Rambo movie, only where we're saying goodbye to John Rambo. We're really interested in seeing uh, the development of Jim by uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, well, thank you. I, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, you have a tremendous cast here. You, you have Teresa Ruiz, uh, Juan, pa Juan Pablo Raba, and so on and so forth. I love the storyline that we're going through. Um, you also co-wrote the screenplay with, uh, with Chris Charles. How does the, the story develop? What made you want to decide to focus on the Arizona border with this retired uh, recluse Marine? Uh, well, you know, the, the storyline just, it struck me as sort of a, a classic Western, and that was very appealing to me as a director. I, I, I love the idea of making a Western. It has, a, you know, some road movie in it and a few other things. And, um, you know, the, the subject of the border and immigration seemed very timely, especially when we first started putting this together. It was a few years ago, and that was a very, uh, a big part of the news at the time. So, um yeah, I just had a bunch of different elements that I liked and uh, a few that I didn't. So that's why I joined, signed on to do some rewriting. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it ended up, I think, uh, the way I wanted it. Well, I mean, Westerns are starting to have a resurgence, but more in a modern setting, the way you said, um, you know, the Ford pickup truck, the Chevy pickup truck, the reclusive cowboy that's... Uh, you know, pulled away from society. And it seems that like a lot of people in themselves love the idea of, especially now as the pandemic is coming to a close or supposedly, you know, moving to Montana or these regions where they're separated from people and allowing themselves to refocus on what matters to them. Yeah, I, yeah, there is a kind of a, a you know, a, a lonely uh, aspect to it. And, and, um, and, and getting out from the city, I think it was kind of interesting that it, we, we did this movie um, just prior to the pandemic. And um, when uh, we were watching it during the editing process and the pandemic was unfolding, I said, boy, this actually fits in because there's so few people in the movie. You can't tell that uh, people aren't wearing masks and so forth. But um, <laughs> the Western aspect is, has always been something that, that has interested me and um, and that's that's really a big part of why I, I wanted to do this. And I just thought Liam was was kind of a, an interesting choice for it as well. Uh, he's definitely an interesting choice. I mean, he's one of our favorite uh, Irish actors that all of a sudden uh, is very American in, in his presentation and performing in these types of films. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen him in Taken, and we've seen him in even going back all the way to Darkman that he's been this uh, reclusive action hero. And it's kind of become his bread and butter. Um, when you pitch it to him, how excited is he to spend this time in the Arizona desert? I think he liked it a lot. He, you know, he, I think he's just such a, an underrated guy. I think mainly the, 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 the films he's been doing of late, um, you know, they all kind of fit into a certain um, 
uh, you know, genre. And I don't think he gets enough credit for, for how much he brings to, to the parts he does. I mean, he's got a real tough, believable edge to him. And yet he's also got a, a soft kindness, uh, sort of a likability that, that, that um, we can all relate to. And, and he can move between those two things so easily and, uh, and, and you still buy it. So that's, that's what I like about him. And that's, that's why I think that's part of what appealed to him. I think uh, it appealed to him to, to, to take on uh, this role that, that I think he felt like it was appropriate for his age. And then it was a little different than some of the other things he had done of, of late. Yeah. Uh, you also have Juan Pablo, uh, am I pronouncing it right? Raba? Yes. Okay. Uh, his character is extremely intense being part of this cartel. And when you look at Juan Pablo, he's got that look that like, even off camera, when you see him in still photos or even in interviews, you're like, there's kind of an edge to this guy that I'm not sure I want to cross the line with. Yeah, no, no kidding. He, he was, when I first met him at a cafe in Los Angeles and he was, uh, you know, had his hair slicked back and he was riding his bike. He just looked like an average guy, a good looking guy, of course, but an average guy. And uh, then we got to talking about the part and he got interested in it. And he came in to read at one point. I asked him if he would mind because uh, I need to convince some producers that he was right for it. And he had shaved his head and uh, he had taken on this entirely different look and, and, and feel. And it was very scary. And uh, that's what I was looking for. I, you know, he's the villain. He's got a, you've got to believe throughout the story, even when he's not on screen, that there's this um, danger lurking out there for the characters. And so you've got to believe that he's, he's ruthless and uh, he pulls that off. He definitely pulled it off and it was, it was quite scary to see that happen with it. Um, but the film itself going along with the Western motif, going along with worrying about real life issues that are going on today, coyotes, drug cartels, uh, you know, illegal funds being trafficked, drug, drug runners, all this stuff. Has there been some sort of fear on your part where you could have overreached and gotten a little too close to home? Like I knew someone who wrote a comic book called Think Tank for Image Comics and was contacted by the FBI because they said, wait a minute, how did you get this sort of information? And he's like, it was just something I thought of and and assumed it would work this way when something actually really came out to be that it was something they used maybe 30 years ago. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I can't say that I was uh, really concerned uh, for my own safety, but um yeah, I, I wanted it to be as authentic as possible, and to and to you know to touch on um, all these things that 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 we're all dealing with. Um, you know, the immigration issue is is a, a, a challenging one because uh, you've got both sides of it. We, we've got this interest in in helping uh, you know your fellow um, your fellow men and women um, who are in need, and then at the same time, you've got the people like the cartel exploiting. Uh, things so you, you it's a it's a balancing act and, and that's why it's so so difficult and in, in, uh, in, in trying to just to, to solve it if there is a solve to be had and uh, when when you get into something like this I mean you know you worked with Clint Eastwood on uh, Grand Torino and and the level of intensity how do you remove yourself away from 
you know, society being like, you know, you have happy moments in your life, but to focus on something so intense and so something particular that you have to become hyper-focused in that level of intensity. Yeah, it's something you think about every time you take on a project because, uh, yeah, I get offered different movies to direct and, you yeah, know, they can be so dark. Uh, you know that you're going to be spending a year of your life living in that world, uh, researching it, uh, getting to know people and, and, and just, you know, really living it. And so it's a, it's, you have to take that into consideration. And that's often why, uh, you know, you, you pass on a project that's just too dark. This one uh, though, I felt like had a, a, an uplifting, um, message to it or not message but but theme to it in the end which is about selflessness and helping others and um it's something that the main character comes around to i mean initially he's focused on his own problems and um how to solve them with his business and his finances and so forth but it's by the end he comes to understand that you know he his, his life has meaning and purpose by helping someone else and that's I thought that was a really uh, positive thing, and so that was uh, something I could I could live with for a year. Right. Well, that's something that we need to to find resurgence in and and get back to. Unfortunately, it seems uh, even pre pandemic we were getting to the point of extreme selfishness. How do we now, as we're coming out of it, and realize what really matters in life, whether it's family, health, etc., uh, to get to that point in selflessness? Yeah, well, that's the that's the challenge, I guess. Um, I think um, being uh, isolated from everybody for so long has kind of, uh, I think, helped me and uh, at least appreciate how much I enjoy being around other people and 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 um, what they they do for me and others, you know, and and how my presence helps my friends and so forth. So uh, I, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting back to the way things were and, and that support uh, system that we have. And, and so that I can uh, be of help to others and, and have them help me. All right. So to lighten the conversation up a little bit, you're a Chicago boy that's now living in LA for a little more than 30 years. You still get that excitement when you go to a Cubs Dodgers game and watch the Cubs win. Yeah. Yeah. I wear my Cubs hats. Uh, my kids are, Cubs fans, even though they were born and grew up here, but they go with me. We, we always say, uh, there's, there's amazingly a, a lot of Cubs fans that show up at Dodgers games. Um, it almost feels like it's uh, an equal number sometimes, but uh, you have to, uh, you, you have to be, uh, you, you know, stand tall because if you, <laughs> I've walked out uh, of games where the Cubs got creamed and it's, it's, it can be a little bit humiliating. <laughs> I got you, man. Listen, I know we, we're running out of time, so I got to wind this down. Uh, the Marksman's a fantastic film, but, you know, we're still not out of the woods yet. Give us a reason why we got to watch this on VOD or Blu-ray when, it, when the time comes. Uh, it's a great, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Western's wide open vistas. It makes you feel like you get out and out of the house and out on the road again. And uh, I think it's a positive, uplifting story that, that uh, in the end, that, that people can... Uh, can can use 
Robert Lorenz, thank you so much for your time. The Marksman is available on VOD April 27th and Blu-ray and DVD on May 11th. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully we'll get to sit, sit next to each other at a Cubs-Dodgers game. Yeah, looking forward to it, man.